What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host today, Nikki Wynn, filling in for Mac Rommel, a familiar face of the channel. But that said, we are once again back this week. And we actually, this week, are going to be putting out another episode, I believe, on Friday. It is our one-year anniversary of Outside the Arena, so stay tuned for that. Pretty big, mon er, mon not monument, but occasion. Um, anniversary, I guess, is the word better looking for. But today we are obviously going to be talking about the hottest thing in sports right now, which is the NBA Finals. Milwaukee last night uh, won again. They are hot right now, winning the last three games. They won 123-119, a really big game in terms of changing momentum. And now Giannis and the Bucks one win away from an NBA Finals championship. Nikki, what were your thoughts on this game and how the series outlook you know, has really changed these last few games? I mean, last night was crazy. Both teams were shooting lights out. Um, you know, even Milwaukee, they shot something crazy, like 60% from three last night. And, you know, I, I don't know, like right off the bat, it looked like the Suns, it was just going to be over. And then the Bucks were able to come back. They like doubled their points in the second quarter. They put up like 42 and only had 21 in the first. Um, so it was cool to see Giannis really come back like that and drew holiday that, that was crazy he really stepped up for the bucks so i i think it's just gonna be bucks and six it's unfortunate for for chris paul and the Suns, but it's been a yeah yeah no i agree with that i think you know the first two games it, it, you know we discussed it either last week or the week before but you know it, it seemed like the Suns were kind of going to wrap this up and win you know pretty quick maybe i, I think yeah. i said in five games i expected them to get the job done and, and now we're here all of a sudden where it's completely shifted. Milwaukee has played fantastic these last, you know, three games. I mean, game three, they won by a lot. And the last two games have been close. But like you said, I mean, the real difference maker uh, has been, you know, Giannis has been great. But, you know, Devin Booker has matched him point-wise, you know, each game almost. It's been Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. I mean, you look at yeah. Chris Middleton these last few games, he has been fantastic. And you look at Drew Holiday, I mean, the two of them last night combined for, it looks like, 56 points. I mean, that is pretty impressive. Um, Drew Holiday has been extremely huge for them. I think he's been their difference maker. The reason right now why they are in this spot, um, you know, you look at who he replaced, he essentially replaced Eric Bledsoe, and he's been a huge difference maker, both on the defensive but offensive side. He's a guy who can shoot the ball pretty well. He can, he's, you know, he, he's a good passer. He passed, you know, 13 assists last night. And, he, you know, he does everything. He's a huge part of that thing. I remember seeing him get his huge extension and thinking, that's one of the worst deals I've ever seen. But, you know, he's completely proved me wrong this year. He's been one of the top players, honestly, in this league. And, and for this Milwaukee team, it, it's been the difference maker. And it's the reason right now it looks like they're going to be heading to a championship. For the Suns, I mean, it's been a rough few games. Devin Booker has played fantastic these entire playoffs, and that hasn't slowed down. I mean, he had 40 points last night. Aiden has been good. He's, a, a you know, been an automatic double-double, it seems. Chris Paul, for me, has been you know, a guy who's been a little inconsistent in the series. And I think it's someone they need to step up. He played all right last night, 21 points, 11 assists. But, you know, that game four, I believe it was game four, was just an utter mess for Chris Paul. I mean, he had, let me look at the stats. Ten points, he had, you know, 10 points. Yeah, 10 points. That's you know, That can't happen when, when you're yeah. supposed to be the third best guy, especially when DeAndre Aiden's only scoring six. I mean, Devin Booker put the team on his back then and it wasn't enough. But Chris Paul has not had his best series, unfortunately. Um, it yeah. sucks to see. It really, um, you know, they need him to step it up if they are going to come back. Obviously, the series goes back to Milwaukee. If I had to say I agree with you, I think it's Bucks and six. Um, but what do you think is the key thing that, you know, if this series was going to change, if, if the Suns were somehow going to pull it out, 
what needs to change for Phoenix to be, to be able to send this to send this series? Jesus, I can't speak back to you Phoenix. Know, it's so hard to do because, like, if Giannis doesn't play well, then Chris and Drew will step up. But I think it's honestly Chris Paul. I mean, game one, 32 and nine. Game two was solid, not as good. I think it was like, um, let's see, uh, 23 and eight. Like, and now back in Milwaukee and last night, he just has not been performing. So I think he really needs to step it up. But like defensively, there's not much they can do, you know. It, it, it's just insane what the Bucks can do. Yeah, I completely agree. I think Chris Paul definitely needs to, you know, play a little bit better. He was having a fantastic series against the Clippers. I mean, that was one of his best series of all time, in my opinion. I think he really looked good there, but just hasn't translated too well to the Bucs. And you can look at that as part of that, you know, defensive presence of the Bucs. They've got a great defense with Giannis, Drew Holiday, obviously being, you know, two of the better defenders in the league these days. Um, I mean, it, it, I think if Phoenix has to turn it around, they just got to, guys other than Devin Booker just have to step up. I mean, the problem is if Devin Booker has an off game, I just have seen no way that Phoenix would be able to win a game. Like that's the problem. Yeah. Devin Booker has been scoring 40 points or, or going crazy every game. And they've been right there and, and still not being able to win. If Devin Booker has one more off game in this series, they're done. They have no chance in my eyes. So I think they need to see a step up from him. And, you know, it's hard to say. I think Chris Middleton has been a guy who's, you know, had a slow start in the series, but has really stepped off. They need to figure out what they need to do to prevent one of Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton from going off. You can't have both of those guys having huge offensive games as well as Giannis. There's, they're not going to be able to stop Giannis. Everyone knows that. Giannis yeah. is a guy who this team is just not capable of stopping, but they have to be able to stop one of Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton if they're going to have a chance. You can't have all three guys scoring 27-plus points and expect to win a game. It's just not going to happen. So they need to, you know, find a way to stop one of those two, and I think they – you know, have an improved chance at least of maybe sending this to game seven. Yeah. I mean, they shot 68% from three, like they can't keep that up. And yeah. I don't know. I just can't see the Suns winning, especially in Milwaukee. Yeah. It, it's going to be tough for Phoenix for sure. They've played, you know, a heck of a season, heck of a season for them regardless. I mean, no one thought this team would be, people were saying maybe they'd make the playoffs, let alone be an NBA finals team, but it just seems like the Bucks. It might be that year for Giannis. He'll finally get a chance to get a ring. Uh, game six will be on, I believe it is Tuesday. So um, stay tuned for that. That'll be a great game. And then if it is game seven, that'll be Thursday. So the NBA season is wrapping up, sadly. Um, it's yeah. been a great season, one that, you know, a lot of people didn't expect this finals. I think, I, I don't think there were many people who saw this coming, but it's been a great series so far And uh, you know, I think both of us agree Bucks and six is, is where we're leaning right now. Yeah, but I don't think this is going to be Giannis's last finals. I think he's going to be here a lot. I'm really – I agree. I think – I agree. I, I think Giannis is a great player, and I think right now this team has proved that they can win. And, I mean, you look at the Nets right now. I mean, we can talk about that next, what kind of the future looks like in the East right now. You know, you got the Bucks. obviously. They're, they're, you know, expected to come back the same – the Nets should be back to relatively having their big three back. Who knows what the surrounding cast will look like. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I think the Sixers are going to look a lot different than they did this year. I do not expect Ben Simmons to be back. I think, you know, rumors have had it that they're already shopping him. And I think a change needs to be made. Could the Hawks be really good? The Knicks are a team that, you know, your New York Knicks, they might be able to bring in a superstar. They have the cap space. Yeah. They have that luxury to, you know, that some of these teams don't. They can build around guys like Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett who look pretty good. Um, so what are your thoughts kind of on how the East 
is looking to stack up. Obviously, it's super early. The season not even finished. But like you said, it looks like the Bucks and Giannis will be in the finals more. But, you know, what do you think um, the outlook of the East is right now? Will them, you know, should Milwaukee, is Milwaukee the team to beat, I guess we should say? Or was this kind of a, you know, fluke win with all the injuries we saw in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it comes down to health. You know, if the yeah. big three for the Nets are healthy, even the Bucks, I don't know how they can stop that. But the question is, will they be healthy? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And then there's a lot of young teams coming up in the East. We got the Hawks and the Knicks, but, you know, I don't really think they can compete even as a Knicks fan with the Nets and, and even the Bucks. Yeah. But it should be fun to watch. Hopefully we get another Bucks Nets series next year and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, the Nets are going to be a tough team to beat, um, but maybe fate's just going to, you know, happen and they're not going to be able to win a finals and never be able to stay fully healthy. I mean, we don't know what will happen with that. I think the Bucks are a team that's going to be here. I think, I think the Hawks are a very good team. I was kind of high on the Hawks. I mean, they, their rotation, their group of guys is really good that they got going. And I think these playoffs were huge for them just because they got more game experience and more big game experience. I mean, we saw Trey Young, um, you know, prove that he is a big game player. And that's something that, you know, is huge for them. Um, I think they need to keep that group together, bring back John Collins. He was fantastic for them. Clint Capella, an underrated piece. So I like the Hawks. I think the Knicks are honestly in a really good spot with their future. I mean, Julius Randle, playoffs be forgotten. He didn't have a great series, but he was fantastic. And he 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 showed he can be, I don't think he's a first option, but I think he could yeah. be, you know, a, a, a pretty good second option on a pretty good team. Maybe a championship team, the way teams are built right now, an elite third option. But I think he's a really good second option. So the Knicks, I, I think they need to go out and bring in some sort of superstar Um whether if it's Kawhi, if he hits free agency, I mean, he is, you know, coming off that, you know, torn or partially torn ACL or yeah. MCL, I believe something like that. Yeah. So who knows what he's going to be doing. Um, so the Knicks, maybe they pursue Dame Lillard. I mean, yeah. he kind of indicated that he didn't want to be traded, but Zach Levine, I mean, there's endless options. It seems like for the Knicks, I'd really like to see them bring a star. The city deserves that. I mean, you saw, uh, especially as a Knicks fan, how New York really rallied around the team. It was, it was amazing to see, even as someone who's not a Knicks fan, to just see that was was uh, amazing. So, I, you know, I, I really root for the Knicks' success and hope um, something they can land a big free agent because that'd be great for New York basketball. Um, other teams, I mean, it'll be interesting. There's It's a lot of weird situations, um, a lot of good headlines, though, with, like, the Cavs, for instance. Um, I don't know what they're – they might trade Sexton. They have the third pick. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see what my Cavs can do. But they're long ways away from contention. So I like those four teams. It's kind of those teams to look out for. Obviously, a lot of other good teams – Boston, I don't think is there yet, though. And, and the Pacers are kind of just average. So we'll see what happens, but it should be interesting for sure. Yeah, it's good to see the East be competitive again and not just LeBron running through everybody. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I didn't mind some of those years. You're a Cavs fan. Yeah, as a Cavs fan, I mean, there were there were rumors of Sexton to the Knicks. What were your thoughts on yeah. that? OB I mean, I think it's interesting. Yeah, Ob Knox. I mean, I'm personally not that high on Kevin Knox. I don't. I, I mean, I I don't love him. Ob he had moments. Um, I just think at the end of the day with Sexton, it's clear that they are going to probably trade him. I don't think they want to give him a max contract. Nor do I really know if I want them to. I mean, he's a great scorer, but at the end of the day, defensively, he's not very good. Um, in terms of being, you know, a good point. I mean, he's more of a shooting guard now. Um, not an amazing passer, but we've seen, I mean, that one game against Brooklyn comes to mind early on in the season where he went off in overtime and just was, you know, unconscious from three point. And, you know, I think that's, he has that ability and he'll keep growing. He's a great scorer, a great player. Um, 
I do think Cleveland will move on. OB Knox in the first, I mean, it's tough to say. I think it really depends on what this team ends up deciding to do in the draft, because if they do out, go out and draft like an Evan Mobley type player, if he's there or a uh, Kuminga or whatever that guy's name we'll is, I you apologize. Uh, third pick in the draft. Um, you know, I don't know if we need OB per se. Um, Kevin Knox, I, I just think the talent's not personally there and, um, he would be a bench player on the team. I, I think yeah. Okoro and, and guys like that are better. So I don't know. I think for the Knicks, it could be a, a, a pretty decent move. Shooting guard was, you know, a spot where they had Reggie Bullock starting. So I think, you know, adding a scorer like Colin Sexton would be great for them, especially since they're already such a great defensive team that they can afford to lose a bit of, you know, defensive, uh, you know, performance at that position. Um, so I think it is a potential good fit. We'll see if they can work something out. Um, but yeah, I would say Sexton, I, I do expect him to get moved. I just don't think this team wants to uh, extend him clearly. There's been weird reports coming out that they've favored him. I mean, there's been some weird stuff coming out of Cleveland with Sexton. So I do expect him to get dealt. Um, you know, hopefully they get something decent in return, I'd say. Yeah. What would you say as a Knicks fan about that trade? What, what are your thoughts on it? You know, I love Obi, so it's so it's so hard to trade him, um, even though like Sexton is the better player. But, like, we got to look into the future, and I think that would help our team. Um, but, like, as for the, like, Damian Lillard trades, I love Damian Lillard. But, you know, the reason why we were so good last year was our team chemistry and, like, our young core. And I don't really know if I'll, I'm ready to break that up because, realistically, it'd have to be RJ, um, Mitch, quickly, and some first, like – and I, I don't know, it, it's a lot, even though it's Dame. So I, I'd rather just wait till free agency to make big moves, I'd probably say. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, I don't think the Knicks are necessarily also in a rush to land that guy this offseason. I mean, the offseason after this one, free agency classes is, is going to be stacked. It's a very good free agency class next year. So I think the Knicks, if they might just want to run cautious, let some of these guys develop a little more give guys like OB more playing time, maybe even try and work in Knox, see if you can get his trade value. I mean, it's hard to say with him, but um, get some of the young guys more playing time. Hopefully they can make the playoffs again. I think they should um, and get more experience. I think that could be good, but I agree with you. I don't necessarily think it's needed for them um, this off season to go and trade for Dame Lillard. I mean, realistically, even if they do acquire Dame Lillard, I still don't think this team is top three in the East with what they'd have to give up. They'd lose a lot of their depth and Dame Lillard as great as he is, you know, he's 32, 33 years old. He's, yeah. He would be getting up there in age, and he, he would be a serious cap casualty. I mean, he's, his deal is in the 40s of millions of dollars. That's going to eat your cap and, and prevent you from doing other things with your team. So I, I agree with you. I think Dame Lloyd might not be the guy um, as good as he is. Um, I, th- I agree. It's free agency. Uh, you know, I think the Knicks are, you know, in a good spot. I think Randall is someone they need to keep, lock up long-term, work on that extension this offseason, potentially. So we'll see what happens with it. But I agree. I think Dame Lord to the Knicks, as great as that would be for the city to have that kind of superstar, um, you know, might not be the right move per se. Yeah, for sure. It's tempting, but. Yeah, I can understand for sure. But moving on from the NBA, I think that's a good topic. And staying in New York, that said, the baseball season has been a, it's been a wild personal 24 hours as a New York Mets fan. Um, a gut-wrenching loss last night to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Walk-off grand slam. They're currently in a, uh, a nail-biter, 6-5. to five. They have six runs in a disaster first inning against the Pirates. But things are not looking good. Jacob DeGrom on the IL. Lindor 
on the IL. It looks like both of them might miss a decent bit of time. And on the other hand, you got the Yankees, a team right now that I believe is three games over 500. They were able to pick up a win last night against Boston, but a team that is still four and a half games or so out of the playoffs. The division, they will probably, I'd say almost 100% will not win that. So both teams are going to be in interesting spots as the trade deadline approaches. Um, in 12 days, it is. It's going to be a hectic 12 days. Both teams need to make big moves. Nikki, I'm going to start with you. Yankees, they're still in the playoff hunt, looking at a wild card spot. What do you think this team needs to do to stay in contention and be able to overtake some of these teams? There's a lot of teams right there. So to be able to play really good baseball and find a playoff spot, what do you need to see them do at this trade deadline? I mean, I don't know. I've kind of given up on this year. I, I really just don't think it's our year. So it's so tough because, like, I don't just want to go full rebuild, but, like, it's not working. So yeah. everybody's underperforming. I mean, not judge, but, yeah, I, like, I'm just lost. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think the Yankees are in a spot where it's tough to say um, what they need to do. I mean, it, it really – you know, they've not played this team coming into the year was considered the World Series favorite by many uh, coming out of the AL. Um, and like you've said, they've underperformed. I think that, you know, the main part of that is their pitching, their starting pitching. It's just not performed this year. You have Garrett Cole, who has had a bit of up and down, but he has rebounded with two fantastic starts back to back. So it seems like he's on track. But outside of him, I mean, they were counting on Seve being back by now, just as the Mets were with Syndergaard. And neither of those guys have been back. Um, the rest of the rotation, I mean, Domingo Herman is now in the bullpen. Jamison Tyone, his experiment has not worked out. Corey Kluber was great while he was healthy, but he has yeah. been out and missed a lot of time. So they've kind of been floating around with these eh, kind of pitchers, a lot of bullpen games. Their bullpen's been good. Chapman has not been good as of late, obviously. And they've battled a lot of injuries. And I think that's kind of been the theme these past few years with them is they've been injured a lot. And, um, you know, you can blame them on the injuries, but guys are also underperforming. DJ LeMay, who has not been the kind of guy he was the past few years, but you couldn't expect him to be. He's still playing pretty well for that team. Giancarlo Stanton continues to just underperform. He had, you know, he's shown moments and flashes of greatness, but he's just not been that guy he once was in Miami. Judge has been fantastic. He's been by far their best player this year. But I think, you know, guys that you really got to look at and say that have really hurt the team have been Glaber Torres, I think, is, is at the top of that list. He has been a guy that they have needed to perform offensively, and he has not done that. And I think that's the reason, part of the reason that this team has really struggled. If I had to say what they need to do at the deadline, from what I've heard, it seems like they're going to be buyers. You just need to go out and get – I, I think they need to get a starter if they're going to compete, a, a pretty quality starter, um, as well as a bat. I think a good fit. I know it's going to, it would require to empty the farm system, which makes it not worth it. And I think they should not do this, but if a good pairing would be with the Texas Rangers, Joey Gallo and Kyle Gibbs and Gallo gives you that kind of outfield bat. You could probably stick him in left field. And, you know, Kyle Gibson has been an all-star caliber starter. So if you could figure out a deal for those two, that'd be a huge deal. But I, I just think it would take a lot of, uh, you know, prospect value that the Yankees probably shouldn't give up at this time. I think, you know, do they need to fully tear it down? I don't think so. But could they sell some guys on contract years? Yeah, I think that might be the decision they might have to make. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. But on the other side of New York, a first-place team that should not be a first-place team, my New York Mets. I mean, what a mess this has become as of late. Um, goodness gracious, Lindor being out for a while has really changed my thoughts. I'll start with you, though. Mets, I mean, they, their division lead is, is slim, as it has been. They've never really been a having – 
Jesus, that was a bad sentence. <laughs> they have not really had a great division lead all year. I mean, it's kind of been four or five games, you know, the whole year now it's like down to two. So it's kind of a mess. You know, what do you think the Mets need to do to, you know, really, you know, be able to stay in first in this terrible division and maybe find a way to, you know, make the playoffs and see if their team can grow healthy and maybe they can make a run. What do you think that they need to prioritize at this trade deadline? Um, you know, I got to look at the stats, um, but do you, do, you, do you think it's your year? Like, do you think you're, you're serious? I, I, you know, I was high on the team at the beginning of the year. To be honest, I just don't know if this team can win a World Series this year, let alone make the playoffs at this point. I mean, the pitching was really good in the first half, but the second half, I mean, the bullpen has not looked good. I mean, you saw last night Lugo and Diaz just imploded. They gave up nine runs combined. That can't happen. That's unacceptable. The bats have been terrible all year. I mean, you look at Michael Conforto. He has been an absolute disaster out in right field. He he can't hit to save his life. Nimmo has been great, but guys are just underperforming. I mean, McNeil's had a bad year and for his standards. Dom Smith, um, not a great year. McCann's been all right. Lindor was underperforming when he was in there. So injuries have also screwed them. A lot of guys have been out, and now you look at the rotation. They've got three guys. They've got Walker, Stroman, and McGill. That's it. And who knows when any of these guys are coming back. I mean, they've got Carrasco, Syndergaard supposedly working their way back Prasco, hopefully back sooner. But I think at the deadline, this team, you know, I think they should go for it and try and make the playoffs because they haven't made it since 2016. Yeah. They still do have good pieces. It's a decent team in a bad division. They need to go for it, especially with Jacob DeGrom, hopefully coming back. I mean, if this team can come back healthy for the playoffs, then maybe it's interesting with their starting pitching at full health. You need to go out and get a starter or two immediately, like tonight to fill out this rotation for the meanwhile as well as I think they need to get bat. And I think the bat I have, you know, shifted to is Trevor story. I originally won Chris Bryant, but I think story is a good fit for them as he can fill in it short for them. You know, the time while Lindor is out while keeping JD in the lineup, because JD has been one of the better hitters, um, keep him at third. And then when Lindor is back, you can shift him right to third base. So it's essentially like a Hawaiian that Chris Bryant type player at third base, but you fill in for shortstop and keep JD Davis in the lineup for a little bit longer. So I think that's kind of what they need to prioritize. Right now at the deadline, I do think they should go for it. I wouldn't empty the farm system going for it, but I, I do think they should be aggressive, and I think they will be aggressive um, ahead of this deadline. So it'll be very interesting uh, to see what they do. Um, as a Mets fan, I, I, it's been a rough few weeks, or rough, rough week with this, with this Pirates 2 series. It's been a disaster. Yeah. Um, it really depends on what, you're, what you guys are going for. Um, like, I, I get it, not being in playoffs for that long. You, you should really uh, fight for it. But, you know, I don't know if you guys really, if it's your year. So it could be more helpful to look towards the future. But, you know, it it all depends on how people look when they come back. You know, Lindor has not been great this season, batting 228. Um, like, I don't know. How, how much is he getting paid? Too much. Yeah. 10-year, uh, 341 million. Not yeah. good. So... He's been one of the better defensive players and he's been a big leader for them. So I think there is a Lindor effect that, you know, while he hasn't performed necessarily at the plate, there are other sides to it that I think make it, you know, a little less worse. Obviously he needs to perform way better at the plate, but I think he has, you know, brought a lot of leadership and, you know, very important defense to this ball club, which I think was needed. So, um, you know, I'm not ready to blame it all on him, but, I agree. I, it's a tough spot. I don't know if his team can really, if this is their year, um, 
you know, it's going to be, you know, really interesting to see how they, how they go about this trade deadline. Um, it's a tough spot for them for sure, because I, I wouldn't say they should sell. I don't think they should sell at all. Yeah. I think that'd send the wrong message, but do you want to go out and, you know, give up a ton of prospects for, you know, a potential, you know, first round exit? I don't know. It's tough to say. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be hard to beat the Dodgers, the Padres, White Sox. The good thing is I'll say about their spot is if they do end up making the playoffs, they'll face the NL Central division winner, um, which makes it, you know, at least potentially that they'd be able to advance to the NLCS and then face the, you know, one of those teams out of the West. So if the Giants somehow made it there, I mean, I think they could beat the Giants. So there is a path for them, but it, it's a hard path. And I, I, you know, if you face the Dodgers and the Padres, uh, it's just going to be a rough spot. I think I, I just don't know if they can beat those teams at this time. Obviously, who knows what the injury situation will be like at the time. If they have a full rotation of the Grom, Stroman, Walker, Syndergaard, Carrasco, that, I, I think that team, if the bats are going, could compete. Um, but obviously health has, you know, it's always on paper. It's never actually been on the field. So you can't count on that whatsoever. You have to just play it by how it is. And right now, three of those guys are not healthy. So you got to figure it out. Yeah. Well, I think with that, that will uh, do it for this week's episode of Outside the Arena. Um, thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, all that stuff. Um, you know, make check us out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you are listening there, uh, we really appreciate that as well. Um, you know, make sure to follow us both on social media. I'll link all that down in the description below. And yeah, stay tuned for the uh, one-year um you know, anniversary episode coming later this week. Mac will be back for that. Thanks once again to Nikki for filling in for the day. And yeah, with that, guys, um, as Mac Hommel loves to stay, stay safe. And uh, we'll see you next week on Outside the Arena.